How y'all doing? This is Paul Ryan, your host of Across the Cowboys. Uh, we are part of the Across the Board podcast family. And of course, with me as always is my co-host, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how, how are you? Guys? Uh, Mike, where can we find you on uh, Twitter? At CD Piglet. All right. And again, I am Paul Ryan. And you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, uh, we're close to two weeks removed from the draft. Now the time has passed. What are your thoughts on how the uh, Dallas Cowboys draft went? Well, I'm, we needed two weeks because I celebrated for about two weeks. That's my thoughts on the draft. It was about as good as you could ask. I, I can't imagine it going better. Um, we got players we needed. We got them at great values. Uh, I, I don't think there's a better one that I can remember on paper personally. So I was ecstatic. Yeah, I think uh, Cowboys Nation, we were all pretty excited about how the draft went. Now, you know, I do remember on, on draft night, Mike, you were uh, tweeting, um, you know, you were like your tweets were saying one for one, two for two, three for three, four for four, things like that. Um, you know, and I know that you had a, also prior to the draft, you had that mock draft that um, you filled out. What can you remember what your first round grade was? I guess were you 15 for 32, 16 for 32? How did you, that end you up? You know going? what's funny is people think the one for ones were my picks, and I had nothing to do with that. It was actually teams not picking Chase on. At the time, ah, yeah, at the time, okay. I was I'm thinking CeeDee Lamb's a no chance, CJ Henderson's a no chance. And so I I was on a chase on train. And so I was one for one, they didn't pick Chase on. Two for two, they didn't pick Chase on. And that's what that actually was. My mock draft I hit um I had like eleven uh correct and i had 28 of the 32 in the first round i missed uh seattle's pick i know was one that i didn't get and um noah igbenogamy i didn't have him going in the first uh there was two others but i i I don't recall which ones they were but i had a good mock i was happy with it that's 28 for 32 that's impressive maybe you know maybe uh, you'll be getting a call, call from jerry jones soon yeah yeah, no, they will. Will McClay is far and beyond uh, the best you can get. That that guy, just keep him. That he, I'll live through him. Thank you. Well, hey, Mike, we we definitely appreciate the modesty. But yeah, here we are. We're talking about the draft, and you know it's pretty exciting. You know, can you kind of let us know what what you were thinking as we get to? Pick 16, and that was, you know, the Falcons were a team that you thought would snag Chase on from us. You know, kind of paint the picture of of, uh, of, of that pick and, you know, when they, they they didn't take Chase on exactly what, what was going through your mind there. Well, you know, it's it's funny because, like I said, the, the whole draft, I and a good two weeks before, I pretty much annoyed everybody – all of our Cowboys friends pretty much hated me because any mock draft, I was like, you didn't pick Chase on, dumb draft. Get get it out of here. It's Chase on. We're getting Chase on. And in my brain, I, I had four people, Lamb, uh, C.J. Henderson, Ken Law, and Chase on. And so Lamb's, Lamb's not going to be there. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. Lamb's gone. C.J. Henderson, there's just too many teams that need corner. He's, he's not going to be there. Uh, Ken Law, I didn't think we'd pick. So Chase on was the guy. So I'm building up to Atlanta going 13. For, and even Atlanta, Atlanta pick, you know, we're like one away. No, Lamb's not going to be there. So either either somebody's going to jump up, Minnesota Eagles, and get Lamb, or the Falcons are going to take Lamb because he's the best player available. And you put him with Julio Jones, you put him with Calvin Ridley, and your offense is unstoppable. They're not going to pick somebody other than him, you know. And so even up until Atlanta, I'm thinking Chase on, Chase on. Then the pick is A.J. Terrell, who I like, don't get me wrong, but value-wise is just a god-awful pick at that spot with Lamb sitting on the board. So now instantly, like on Twitter, I have to instantly flip it because in my brain I'm going, oh, my God, the Dallas Cowboys are going to pick Chase on over C.D. Lamb. 
And I'm the guy on Twitter with all of our friggin' Cowboys friends who's been going chase on chase on chase on. I'm going to get all the heat for this. So I was sitting there going, oh, my God, you have to take C.D. Lamb. Like, I love chase on. Don't get me wrong, but it's C.D. Lamb. He's a top seven pick in the draft. He fell to you at 17, run to the podium. So, honestly, I, I was freaking out as the picks, as Atlanta's pick came in and it wasn't cd lamb i'm freaking out now like oh my god we're gonna pick chase on and pass on this unbelievable it felt like um the fan where brian brought us and uh and jeff cavanaugh were waiting like oh my god we're gonna pass on C-. like everybody just thought we're gonna pass on cd lamb it's the garrett regime all over again we're gonna pass on the best player to get a good player like there's nothing wrong with chase on he's not taco but cd lamb and Luckily, we we picked the right guy. Oh, fingers crossed! That was amazing. Yeah, I kind of you know I remember I was sitting there on draft day and you know just drinking a beer and I remember watching the Falcons pick and I'm like, okay, you know here here goes Chase on, and then you know the pick goes in. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, Chase on actually made it to us, and then I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, well, our guy that we've been talking about is still there, but. How in the world is C.D. Lamb here? You're like, how does he make it this far? And would Jerry and the boys be crazy enough to take him? I mean, I know we didn't – I don't even think we interviewed him. I know we might have met up with him once, if I recall. But he was somebody that wasn't expected to fall out of the top 10, not even, definitely not the top 15. And for him to be sitting there at 17, I'm like, oh, my God, could we actually take him? And I, I remember tweeting out a poll saying, you know, Cowboys Nation, would you rather have Caleb on Chase on or CD Lamb, and I believe at the time people voted for Chase on, but you know here we are now, and I just remember the pick comes in, and I hear the name CD Lamb, and I was speechless. Honestly, it was I couldn't believe that we actually took a player, just a good player, and we didn't draft for need, which we had been accustomed to, you know, in prior to McCarthy, you know, in the Gary era, always reaching for guys or taking a need and not the best available player. So I was pretty ecstatic. I remember I was, uh, I actually went outside and screamed that the Cowboys got CD lamb and my next door neighbor, he, he came outside and he's like, Hey man, what's going on? I guess I'd scared him, but yeah, a pick but, like that you know, should lead to terrifying the neighbors. It really should. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a security guard. So I'm glad he didn't come out with a stun gun or anything, Mike, but yeah, I made it, I made it through the night there. But you know that that CD pick that's that's one that'll probably be in uh, my memory bank for a long time. You know I'm excited to see that pairing him with Michael Gallup. It's just I can't wait till the season starts. Yeah, I, uh, I had the same uh, reaction uh, back in the day when uh, Lakers are doing the comeback on uh, the Portland Trailblazers, and Kobe did the alley oop to Shaq for the dunk that kind of like it pretty much sealed it. And I was, uh, we might yeah. as well have made a game-winning game seven hit to make the playoffs or win the championship, or whatever. Because I was freaking out, jumping and yelling. It, it was, it was a draft Super Bowl win. That's what that pick was. It was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I know that uh, Kobe Shaq alley oop. That's um, one of the finer moments in uh, playoff history. That's, you know, something that gets replayed often during the NBA playoffs and stuff. And a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, big Lakers fan. Yeah, you know, I remember watching that game with him. And that was a pretty iconic moment because it looked like the Lakers were were uh, dead in the water. But, you know, they were able to mount that comeback. And that alley you kind of did seal the deal for him there. Yeah, we could get into – we can seriously uh, get into uh... – talking Lakers and I could talk a half an hour about that, but I, I better not trail down that, <laughs> down that stream. <laughs> well, that's for a different yeah, podcast, exactly. right? So, yeah, you know, out here in Texas, of course I had to listen to the local radio after uh, we make the CD pick and the city was just buzzing for about two days. And it's kind of interesting though, because, this was after day two, I believe, and, you know, the Cowboys had been just getting great value. At just, it seems it was just about every single pick. And a word that was being used a lot was momentum, you know, having momentum in the draft. And, you know, you kind of, when you think about momentum, you think about sports or 
you know, in basketball, when somebody hits a, a big three-pointer or when the defense in football maybe gets a, a big fumble or an interception or things like that. So when you hear about momentum in the draft, I mean, what, what comes to mind for you, Mike? I mean, do you feel like momentum in the draft is a real thing? Um, you know, I believe in, in momentum a lot. I believe of it, uh, uh, of that kind of stuff during a season and during, I don't know about during a draft, man, we certainly killed at this draft, but I don't know if I believe in a draft momentum. I mean, it's not many drafts. Like this one was so unique to have the certain players we had fall that it did feel like it was momentum. Like digs falling to 51 is Bradley and I went to, to the last pick of the fifth round. That that's insanity to me, but they, this, this draft felt like that. I feel like it more during games, like during a season, it works. I don't know about during draft, but it felt like it. I can understand why people were like that because this draft felt like it was just like that guy fell that guy fell, that guy fell, it's one after another, and we picked him. Seeing other drafts, you know, that I think that's what made us Cowboys fans feel so good is like a couple of years ago, man, I, I did the same thing through the Twitter timeline where I was TJ Watt, TJ Watt, TJ Watt, and it got to the pick, and you just, they they just didn't get him. And so you're like, oh, man, last year, you know, Thornhill's dropping, Raps, all these safeties. And we're just like, come on, man. Oh, they did fall. It's not like, will you, will they get them? It's like, will they even fall to you? And then they do. And then you don't take them. You take somebody else. And it's like, ah, well, this one, like they were falling correctly and we were making the correct pick. So it was like, it, it did feel like momentum this year. I don't know if I believe in draft momentum, but this year there was something that just fell right. And then, now you have to hope that it works out and everything past the draft. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know it seems, feels like it's been forever since maybe let's just say the Zeke pick where after the first round pick, Cowboys fans were excited about the player we got. And not only that, but it was the first time in a couple of years where we didn't know two weeks, three weeks, even a week prior to who the Cowboys were going to take, regardless with their first round pick. You know, we we knew a couple of weeks prior to twenty nine the twenty nineteen draft where we knew that Tristan Hill was going to be the pick. We knew that Taco Charlton was going to be the pick, and we also knew that Leighton Vanderesh was going to be the pick. So just to you know, Cowboy, I think the fan base wanted Chase on. Post. You know what? I don't remember hearing too many reports about the Cowboys not being their guy, but just to see that we, we took the best player available was really refreshing. And, you know, just throughout the draft, it seemed like every player that even you and I had talked about, but just every quality player where you think they're not going to be there with that following pick or should have gone around earlier, you know, for them to fall up, fall to us, it's like all the stars had a line there for the Cowboys. Um, you know, we've already talked about C.D. Lamb. What were your thoughts on uh, Trayvon Diggs here at 51, Neville Gallimore at 82? You know, we end up getting Reggie Robinson, cornerback Tulsa at 123, Tyler Biedish, center out of Wisconsin, 146. And, you, you know, you kind of already touched on Bradley and I at the fifth round, a defensive end out of Utah. What were your thoughts on, on the rest of the Cowboys well, draft? It, man, happiness. And and the thing is, CD CD Lamb is one of those uh, game changer picks. Like he he not just replaces Cobb, but he has a chance to take. For, like we had a great offense last year. We play some good defenses, and we wouldn't play as good. CD Lamb has a chance to take you where you you have an unstoppable offense. Like so, that pick is a step beyond because not only is it a twenty twenty effect, but it's like a a a he just should not have fell there. It's like a crazy, unbelievable pick. But the other picks are guys that you're setting up. Like this, the, these next group that we got is what takes the draft from like, oh, you got one big player to you have a chance to be a contender for the next four years if these guys develop right. Because the the 
the way we pay our guys, you know, you're going to have to pay Dak coming up. You already paid Zeke. You got Tank. You, you use a lot of money. And you need people on rookie contracts to come in and contribute. And you go through getting digs at, at 51. Just I don't, I don't know how he drops there. They, they have their profile. They want six uh, foot or higher. They want 200 to 210 pounds. They want four, five or under speed. Like they have their 32 inch arms and he played in Alabama. So he knows the different systems. Uh, He's a good press guy. And to get a guy like that with his athleticism and his traits at 51, put him in the, uh, in the coaching tree, get the coaching into him. He he's, he projects to a cornerback one. And then my favorite pick, Reggie Robinson, same type of thing, same exact as Diggs. Height, weight, length, um, loves to play press, really good in zone already. Um, they both need their coaching. They both, you know, need work on technique and stuff. But I could see them going into 2021 as the cornerback one and two. And Reggie brings that. See, he played a safety so he brings that safety mentality. He he wants to play the run. He wants to press. He he brings the dog mentality to the cornerback position, and I love that. Um, getting guys like that that could be starters going in is uh, is just it's a beautiful thing. It's the way you need to draft. It's what happens when you follow the scouts. Coaches can coach the players up. Let the scouts make the picks. Right, this is the kind of draft you come away with when you stick to your board. You, you draft the players at your board. You don't reach. You don't only draft for need. You just take the best players available. This is kind of this has that feeling there. Exactly. You, you, Bradley and I is is my favorite example because he okay he comes in the last pick of the fifth round, which is uh, I had him as a third round grade. The first mock before the combine, I had him going in the first round of the Titans. Now, once he comes in and you get his arm length and you get his time, you know there's going to be a drop. There just is because the measurables, those measurables are the types of things that where he may, as a as a playmaker in the game, he may be washed because he doesn't have an elite uh, speed. He doesn't have elite length. He doesn't have the things to where you can go, okay, this is what we can coach him into being a chase on, for example. You know, he, he has those raw traits. But he, at worst, in the fifth round, you got the hardest working pick for sure of anybody. I mean, nobody's going to outwork him in the entire draft. He'll be a special teams player. So if he, if he gets out there and his get-off isn't good enough to go against NFL tackles and his hand uh, power isn't good enough to, to uh, get pass rush off like he did in the college level, and he just isn't an effective defensive end, well, that's fine. As a fifth-round pick, you got a special teams player. But if his get-off is good, he may not have good top speed, but he has decent get-off. And if he can get off the line and he has a really well-put-together hand pass rush, uh, he knows how to use them. He knows how to use false steps. He knows how to use his powerful hands. And if he adds you anything to the pass rush, you honestly could be looking at your starting defensive end across from Tank for the next four years, and you got him at, with the last pick of the fifth round. It's it's insane. Yes, the the value and the depth of this draft was was pretty crazy. You know, we kind of touched on that last week, but just the players' upside potential, and you know, already where they're at now. For us to get them in these spots, I mean, it, it just it rarely, if ever, happens. So, and that's, that's really exciting to to uh, get a draft haul the way that we did with the players that we we ended up getting at those spots. Yeah, I agree. The the going into you know 2020, a lot of these guys, uh, other than Lamb, may not be the biggest contributors. Where you're like, oh man, we got. But going into 2021, you could easily see Diggs and Robinson starting at uh, at corner, corner one and corner two. Gallimore being the third defensive end and, and possibly a one, depending on what they want to do going forward with McCoy or Poe. Their short-term contracts, three and two years. Tyler Biotish could be starting center. 
That is absolutely a possibility. Bradley and I could be a starting defensive end. That's absolutely a possibility. So you you walk out of the, you could walk out of this in 2021, 2022 with six starters. That's that's an incredible draft. Yeah, that that that's that's uh, very often that something like that happens. Uh, you know, Mike, I won't lie. You know, I I feel like I do this every year with the Cowboys. They break my heart. I give up all hope. I'm I'm ready to find a new team, and then here we are. You know, somehow, some way, Jerry and the boys reel me back in, and now for two weeks I've been, I've been guzzling the Cowboys Kool Aid again. Uh, you know, bring me back down to earth a bit. Uh, I know you're excited about this draft class, but is this the type of draft that could turn a team around? You know, maybe from a pretender to a contender in one year. Twenty twenty twenty. Uh, I I don't if I'm being you you know me from Twitter and the people that follow me on Twitter I'm not one of those fans that will not cut my own team. Do I believe that this team is a contender with Saints, 49ers, uh, Kansas City, Baltimore? I don't believe we're up in that echelon. I do believe that if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. You know team changes from week one to week 17 so you know by by right now i may not love the team matching up even the eagles i i I don't you know i can see the where the uh matchup can favor them a little you know division wise but if you make it if you win your your division and you get in the tournament well, now it's a one-game thing. We don't play basketball where it's four out of seven. We we got to outplay the Saints once. We got to outplay the Niners once. Well, do we have? Well, yeah, with that offense, sure. So, bringing you back down to earth, do I think this is a twenty twenty put us over the top draft? I don't. I think this is a draft that puts us over in 2021, 2022. But if you get in, the offense is good enough. They, they, if, if Lamb is a quarter of what we believe he is with the guys we have and uh, Jarwin getting the snaps, um, we're assuming the line will still be good. You know, you lose Frederick, but you still have three all pros on there um, and uh, three really good players and um, a young Connor Williams who's building up. You got good depth with Biotish and, uh, and uh, McGovern coming in. You have to see what they can do. So 2020, I'm not going to say it's changed us completely, but going into 2021, 2022, I really like what this draft could do for this team. Right. And yeah, you know, just kind of going along with what you were saying, our offense, you know, we did lose Cobb, but our offense wasn't the weakness of this draft. Uh, we, we did end up taking uh, three offensive, three defensive players in this draft class, excuse me, actually four and we you know with the loss of Byron Jones and Malik Collins and uh, Robert Quinn, our uh, 2019 sack leaders, the defense is still a work in progress. But, you know, I, I, I'll have to agree with you. I think 2021 is, will really be the um, identifier, if you will, of how strong or weak this drive class, this, this draft Agreed. did go for us. 2020 is a lot about the coaching changes. Um, the Chiefs came in, had this great offense, couldn't do anything defensively. Not a ton of changes. Obviously, brought in the Honey Badger was great, but not a ton of changes, but brought in a new scheme, a new philosophy, maybe used people's strengths better. And, uh, and they were able to get to and win the Super Bowl. And the defense was a bigger part of that than people want to give it credit for. You know, the quarterback always gets the most um, love. But the defense really was 50-50, in that, especially in that Super Bowl. So could Dallas come in, be add, add Jarwin more snaps, add Lamb, and be an elite offense? And then the defense has enough changes, enough differences, enough uh, making a couple of guys better where the, where the other one, uh, the scheme or the coaching wasn't doing it for them. Yeah, it could, you know. But draft-wise, I do believe, uh, as you said, 2021-2022 is going to be more where this draft takes 
a big effect on the team. Yeah, my God, I'll have to agree with you there. You brought me back down to earth, <laughs> so I do appreciate that. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> you know what? I'm still excited nonetheless. I mean, you know, just adding a guy that, guy like C.D. Lamb to this offense, but it'll, it's going to be fun to watch. But, you know, Mike, I think that's enough Cowboys talk for now. You know, we still – we do have competition. You know, we – we do have to still worry about Washington, the Giants, and Philadelphia. They were the team that won the division last year. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on how they did in the draft? Uh, well, starting with the Eagles, uh, I'm not going to say I loved it. Uh, a lot of it's going to, a lot of that draft's going to come down to how much they need Hurts. Um, the, the when that draft came out, people flipped out, and I was on Twitter going, "Well, their quarterbacks always hurt." Like they can come out and do the gadget and we're going to put them on the field together and we're going to, no, no, you're not. That, that stuff wasn't why you got hurts in the second round. You didn't get a second round player because you needed a gadget player. You got a second round player because your quarterback's always hurt last year. The, the actually the whole team was decimated and, and Wentz did a good job and got a beat up team um, to the playoffs. They won the division. Um, and probably with less than talent, you know, uh, much better coaching than Dallas, but less than talent. And he got him there and he plays what three plays a series and is injured. And so you come in with a backup and you, you didn't even have a chance because Foles wasn't there. Foles was a damn good backup for them clearly. And so that's what they're hoping with the second round pick. The rest of them, I mean, they got three receivers that do the same thing that Deshaun Jackson does. Um, Rieger, I, I like Jalen Rieger. I think he's a little overdrafted, but in a couple of years, you forget about that. He's a speedster. He's there to replace Deshaun Jackson in a couple of years or play for him if he's hurt. Um, but Hightower does pay, basically the same thing on a needs more coaching level. And uh, Watkins, same thing out of Southern Miss. I mean, they're the, they, they drafted three of the same players, just at different levels of their development. Rieger's a little bit better than Hightower. Hightower is a little bit better than Watkins. But if they're coached up and playing at the highest level, they all three do the same thing. So I, I don't like I don't like that as much. I know they have a lot of injuries, but I don't think you should draft because, oh, well, if he gets injured, at least we have another one that could do the same thing and another one that could do the same thing. Because if teams figure out how to shut that down, then what do you do to switch that? You have the same type of players. Um the linebacker from Taylor, really athletic. Uh, I think he's a special teamer early. Good coaching. He has the athletic traits to become a good player, you know, but you don't you don't know if he can cover. He has the athletics to do it, but it's not something he was great at. Uh, it's just it's one of those picks I thought he picked they picked him early. Um, they picked him on on the traits that which is fine. Dallas does that a lot too, but I can't go. Oh, he's going to be great. You know, you got to see if he uses those traits and develops. I would, I'd give their draft a C. I did like um, Prince uh, Tega, who I'll butcher that uh, last name. Wanago, maybe offensive tackle out of Auburn. He fell for some reason. I don't know why. I had, I had a fourth round grade on him. Um, that was my favorite value pick of theirs. I think he could play good. But I wasn't a big fan of Phillies. I'd give them a C, maybe a C plus, depending on how much they have to use Hertz. Yeah, I, uh, I I was intrigued, if you will, by what Philly did. You know, they add a lot of speed to that receiving core. You know, they used high, good draft capital on a backup quarterback with, you know, using a second round pick. On a guy like Jalen Hurts, you know, typically if you're going to do that, you're either expecting your QB to retire maybe a year or two, or you're possibly going to be throwing this guy out there to start. So, but like you said, Wentz is injured early and often. So, when you kind of want to give yourself that insurance, if he goes down for three or four weeks, whatever it may be, you have a guy in there who has played quality football, who's played against good competition that will more than likely be ready ready to start if need be, as opposed to a more of a developer project QB. So I didn't really hate the pick as, as much as others did. I know Philly 
Philly Nation was uh, disgusted by it, but I thought it was a smart move by by Philadelphia to get some Wentz insurance. That's something Wentz, I did Wentz find insurance? interesting, though. Some with uh, <laughs> Yeah, some Wentz insurance. Love the pun there. Uh, with Carson Wentz, in 2022, if Philadelphia does decide to keep Carson Wentz, it would be for three years and $81 million if Philly does decide to keep him. However, if they did decide to cut him in 2022, they would only have a dead cap hit of $24 million. So it kind of just makes me wonder, you know, if Wentz gets hurt again or if they maybe make the playoffs in our first-round exit or don't make the playoffs at all, could Wentz be on the out sooner rather than later? So I, I just I kind of find that interesting. Sorry. Uh, one thing ahead. also. No, 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 please. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say Washington. I mean, they're just – what they're doing with their defensive line is the things what nightmares are made of. So adding Chase Young to that to that defensive line with Ron Rivera, I'm curious to see that because, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I, I hate to see it, but just as an NFL fan, it'll – be fun to watch what uh, they yeah, can do. Was, they, they had my favorite draft. Uh, on the Wentz, uh, as far as getting out of it, I think I think you're right. I think it, it all depends on injury. When he's healthy, he plays fine. He just, you, you just can't count on him, hence the quarterback in the second round. So um, that's pretty much what it's going to be with Wentz is, is health. If he's durable, he plays fine, they'll pay him. It won't be a problem. But at least they got the insurance with the pick. And I know uh, you had moved on to the skins, but I, I, I wanted to finish that up because, you know, when the quarterback, most important player on every team. Um, as far as skins go, best best uh, draft, not us in the division. I love I loved Young. Mm-hmm. I mean, just their, their front seven with Ron Rivera as the coach and Dak Del Rio as the – just nasty front seven, as, as good as you can get. They will make it hard every team they play, every game. So the key is, on the other end, get guys that could help the young quarterback. And, you know, people were killing the quarterback, should have got this and that. Last three games, that kid played Haskins. He, he played well. You could see from when he started to when he ended why they would want to stick there and go, you know what? I'm going to get young and not worry about Tua or Herbert or love or anything like that. I got that move and they added to him. They get him uh, Gibson, the uh, running back wide receiver, whatever you want to call him out of Memphis weapon. You, you call him a weapon. Mm-hmm. He, he can get open Antonio Gandy golden. And then they, they take a risk on, uh, on Sadiq Charles out of LSU First-round talent, there's not a person that evaluates him on the field that won't tell you he's a first- or second-round talent. I would have had him as a first-round grade, but he has so much off-the-field issues and on-the-field issues, really, as far as uh, not player performance, but as far as attitude and everything, that he took a huge dip. But if you – when you have a coach like Ron Rivera and you have a – I know he's a defensive coordinator, but Jack Del Rio, people like that to whip you into shape. Give me that kid's talent and put him out right. there. And it, and it's a high, uh, high risk. But in the round they got him, the reward could be unbelievable because they just lost Trent Williams. So now you stick that kid out there and go, here you go. Earn, earn your spot, number one, and don't get out of line. You know, and with the coaches they have, I really like what Skins did this draft. And they didn't, I didn't love their picks later. But you don't know what you're going to do. There's not many times that a Bradley and I drops to the last pick of the fifth round. So you don't – I'm not going to go crazy over their picks in round six and seven, you know. But their, their top five selections, good picks. They should be able to be developed into good players. And I, I like their thought process of get the best player in young and then get people that could help Haskins like he, uh, like he had in college. Right, yeah, they they did a lot to help Haskins. They did. They just they drafted good players to help their already up and coming defense. I believe they also ended up drafting um, Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus Moss, tied in out of LSU as agent. well. They so, signed him as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, undrafted him. Oh, so he he wasn't drafted. Correct. He was signed by the Redskins. Okay. Well, so uh, you know, Washington has this is the second year in a row where 
they've had back-to-back good drafts. Unfortunately, Dan- Daniel Snyder isn't doing the uh, calling those, those shots anymore, so we could I be know, in trouble, Mike. Man, that Jonathan Allen, Payne, Sweat, Kerrigan, uh, uh, Linitis, uh man, really good player, and his name's skipping me. But you, you, they just have a they have a load of guys that they could rotate in. Like it, it's going to be an all day job. Now you hope that their defensive backs and corners just stink it up so you could, you know, do stuff on them. But teams like, um, like, like the old Garrett regime that like to run it right into their thing for one yard, it ain't going to work on them. That's why we always had such a, such good games with the Redskins. Cause we love that run it up half back dive, you know, and they're like, yeah, we'll destroy that and get you to third and eight. And then here comes our pass rush. You know, you got to spread them out and say, your corners got to cover and try to get some of their, uh, get out quick passes and get the ball out before their line comes to hunting. Yep. Yes, sir. You know, they're not too far removed. I mean, in 2018, when they had uh, traded for Alex Smith, they were, I believe, the number one team in the division at one point, I believe at five and two. And then Alex Smith goes down with that gruesome leg injury. And, you know, we, we know what happened after that. But uh, the Redskins really are just uh, maybe a quarterback away from really, really being a, a team to worry about, I especially with that defense. The division that year. When Alex Smith was healthy, I picked him to win the division. Um, I picked Philly to have a really bad year, and I picked uh, Dallas to be second. Uh, I can't remember if I had them in the wild card or not, but, yeah, I had Skins winning the division that year, and then, of course, Alex Smith goes down, and you look like a fool, but whatever. You know, looked good for half a season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, you know, we've talked about the Cowboys draft, and we talked about our division rivals, uh, their draft. Was there another team that, that you watched uh, their draft and saw their draft picks that you, that you, you liked? Know, that's, uh, the funny thing about it is um, we didn't really talk about the Giants. That feels apropos because they did a very Garrett draft where it's like, meh. You know, they didn't get anybody where you were like, meh. So you don't think about them. You're like, oh, yeah, Thomas, sure. I mean, he'll be a good – like, it was very Garrett-esque, that draft. Very forgettable. It, it's one where, right. yeah, don't get me wrong, in three years they got a lot of solid players. But at the time of the picks, you're like, eh, okay, yeah, oh, that was a good pick. You, you know, it's nobody of – McKinney and Thomas were like, oh, okay, yeah, that, they'll play. That fits. But it's not one that's, you know, special. Like, uh, I, I thought better drafts from non-division, I thought uh, – Ravens were lauded a lot. I like their later picks, but um, I, I wasn't a, a big fan of Queen, but I think he fell to the right team. You know, Raiders, uh, Ravens and middle linebackers work out really well. I know Minnesota right. um, had a pretty solid draft. A lot of that's on how many picks they got to have. I like what they did. Um, I'm trying to think of – uh, the Raiders. Raiders had a good draft too. Arnett was way, way early, so it, it like that. It's hard to defend their draft because they picked one that was so like what the hell that it that it keeps it from being right. You know, elite status. But there was there was good ones out there. I, I you know personally, I had a couple of picks of the Ravens that I thought. And eh, not great, but they could fit there. But I'd say Minnesota. Minnesota had a had a really good draft. Getting Jeff, having Jefferson fall to them. Gladney, who was my third cornerback, uh, my my cornerback number three behind C.J. Henderson and uh, and uh, obviously Okuda. Uh, so I thought Minnesota did good early, and then they had so many picks late that they were able to just get players. You know, maybe a lot of them. That they're going to have a lot of roster changeover because I feel like a lot of the guys they got, they're going to want to keep and see for a couple of years and let them develop. Right. Yeah, yeah a team that I like, I, I, 
I thought they had a really good draft with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were able to get a C.J. Henderson. Your, How about the other? second best corner in the draft. But, yeah, and yeah. they were able to get Caleb on Chase on. Second best defensive end in the draft. And then they get another weapon for Gardner Minshew to, you know, to pair with DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up with 12 total picks on draft day. So I, I yeah, thought they had a really good draft as well. That, that at, at any defense you go in and add CJ Henderson uh, and then chase on to Josh Allen, man, that, that pass, that edge rush, they get anything from their middle guys. And then they still have Miles Jack. You know, they have, uh, they have pieces now where they can rebuild that defense. Right. And then they have the, uh, the disgruntled defensive end um, in Gawkway, who, you know, he's made it known that he wants out of Jacksonville. But, you know, if they can kind of mend that relationship and, you know, just make it work for even if just this year, that could be another defense that could be one to look out for as uh, Jacksonville, you know, looked pretty good on offense last year uh, with Minshew. Uh, for, you know, for everything that they experienced last year and the players they lost to come away with a draft class like this, you know, they could be a team, a, a wild card team. Yeah, it's, a, it's um, amazing how much Yannick and the Jags don't understand how, how much they're hurting each other. Like, just shut up. Both sides just shut up. You know why you can't get a trade, Yannick? Because every other team knows that you're going, I'm not going to play, I'm out, I'm done. So the, the Jaguars are like, well, Yannick's excellent. Give us a first-round pick. And, and the teams are like, why would we give you a first-round pick? We know you're not going to have them. Like, we, we'll give you a second, third. You know what I mean? And they're sitting there going, well, we're not going to just take crap value for them. And so they keep killing each other. You know, Yannick wants out of there, but he keeps depleting his trade value by telling everybody, I want the hell out of here. Just don't say anything. Tell them, look, I'm not going right. to play this, that. And let them get a deal done behind the scenes. But the more you come out and put pressure on them, the less value they get. And they're not going to just do it to help you. You're coming out there having problems with the owner and everything. Just just don't say anything. Tell them behind the scenes. They'll get the deal worked out. You know, let it let it calm down. Don't don't have it in the forefront so much. And then you can get moved because he does not want to be there. I don't blame him. Yeah, you know, we, I was just looking at his numbers and his sack totals over the last three years are quite impressive. Oh, he's still yeah, only 25 he, he, years he's old. He's definitely so. worthy of a first-round yeah. pick from somebody. And you got to pay him. So somebody's got to give up a first-round pick and pay him. Well, there's a lot right. of teams that have already paid, you know, guys or don't have their first-round pick. So it's it's hard. So you, And you coming out and talking makes it even harder. If you want to get out of there, just don't say anything. That's all. No big deal. Just don't say anything for a while. If it gets closer and nothing's happening, you can come back up. But just let it die down for a little bit where it's not a, a big story. And then and when when stuff starts opening up, stuff starts getting ready to go, somebody's going to give a pick for you. You're too good of a player. Right. He's kind of taking that uh, Jalen Ramsey route right now. If he starts coming up with back problems, uh at the beginning of the year, then we'll, we'll know yeah, what, exactly. what that's leading to. I don't to. think the Jalen Ramsey thing helps either because they got all that trade value for Jalen Ramsey, and he came there and he hasn't, you know, no. I love Jalen Ramsey, huge fan of Jalen Ramsey, but he didn't play that well for the Rams. So they gave up that capital, and now, you know, they either have to re-sign him or let him walk. If you let him walk, you're like, damn, you gave up all that for just this little bit of time. And if you pay him, you gave up all that and paid him, and what if he isn't as good as he was in his first couple of years? Right, yeah, you bring up the Rams. I was kind of impressed about what they did as well. They Before the draft, you know, they they made a few trades leading up to the draft, but before that, I mean, they were depleted with draft picks, had a terrible salary cap situation, and they were able to get that figured out, and they came away with some good players there with their yeah, uh, second and third round picks as well. For what they, you know, were left, for what the trouble they were in, they uh, they maneuvered pretty well out of it. They are not going to be a bad team this year, and they have a really smart, really good head coach. So 
that division's nasty. I mean, Arizona's the up and coming. They're going to have their growing pains. I don't expect them to, you know, be in uh, line for the division, but they're going to be a pain in the butt to to play. You're not going to want to play that guys in that system with those players. And then you have Rams, still really loaded roster. They got to get their their new defensive schemes together and and figure that out. And McVay, now that teams adjusted to McVay, he's got to readjust. And then you have Niners in Seattle, and Niners are clearly the top of the. But Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, they they're always going to be there. They're always going to be around there. They're always going to be sneaking around the playoffs in the division lead. Yeah, and it seems like uh, Seattle has had their own issues with the draft. I mean, they've made some questionable reaches. They tend to trade back, and, you know, they kind of value the uh, the depth and the quantity over quality, too. So, But, you know, the, when you have Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, I mean, yeah, you can, they don't give you F, can make man. magic happen. They don't happen. care what anybody says. They, the one year where they got Sherman and everybody they, and Bobby Wagner, they were given an F, and that ended up being excellent. They put their board together, and I believe they stick by their board. I, I believe they had Jordan Books ahead of Queen on their board, and they said, that's who we're going with. We're going to go with, and, and they stick to it, and I, I would have traded out like they typically do because I believe Jordan Brooks would have been there later, but they may have honestly believed that Ravens had the same thing, you know, that Ravens had uh, Jordan Brooks ahead, and they don't want to trade out and miss on a chance of losing him, so – they went with the pick, and that's what they do. Yeah. Right, all you can do Especially is respect it at that like point. Exactly. Well, Mike, as we're closing it up, uh, the Cowboys weren't done making any moves. Over the weekend, they made a, uh, a key signing, if you will, a, a quality signing. They bring in quarterback Andy Dalton on a one-year deal, a veteran quarterback, something we haven't had um, – we haven't put a lot of value on in recent years. What He's were your thoughts on that signing? Dak, right? That's the that's the uh, half the Twitter versus uh, whole thing. The three million dollar guaranteed uh, guy from Cincinnati's coming in to replace the four year starter, second most wins, two division titles, and top five in basic every statistical category this year. Passing Dalton's coming in to replace him. Um, yeah, I think he's going to make yeah, Dak exactly. retire early is what, is what I've heard. Dak can retire and we'll run on with Andy Dalton. Uh, Dalton was a great signing. It was it, – we need I, – I am not a fan of Cooper Rush on many levels. Um, there, There's getting getting your team ready for for games, uh, being there if somebody's injured. Get, you, you went into preseason and, like, I couldn't find out how good the depth is on the team because the guy throwing on the ball was Cooper Rush. Well, now imagining we have a regular, you know, preseason, like, you know, the, the virus isn't shutting everything down. And you go into games and you get John Bay Johnson and Cedric Wilson and, and, uh, and the guys out there and they're playing. I can now see what they can do. I, I they're going to have a competent quarterback throwing on the ball. So, it isn't just a, you know, Dak's a warrior. He, he may not, Dalton may not see the field at all during regular games. Dak doesn't miss games. But the Eagles game last year, he had to play. He missed all practice. You had to throw him out there because if Cooper Rush plays, you lost. You know, during practices, you can't evaluate people in the preseason. You can't evaluate your practices because how good is your, is your fifth corner? Well, you don't know because it looks like he's great. But then he gets in there against a quarterback that could throw, and the defense isn't good enough. He looks great versus Cooper Rush, you know. So it's it's just the the it's just such a good upgrade. It's and they're doing stuff like this. This this has been one of the best off seasons. They haven't made the big money moves, but they're making really 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 smart off season moves. And Andy Dalton's just the latest one. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Mike. And. We've seen just in the last four years how valuable a quality backup quarterback can be. You know, we saw with Case Keenum and the Vikings back in 2017, and you know, we saw with the Eagles, they go to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, the backup quarterback, and win. We saw it last year, you know, 
it wasn't an injury situation, but Ryan Tannehill replaces Marcus Mariota. He comes in, he leads them to the playoffs, and they're one game away from uh, from a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I, I, it's nice to see like, the Cowboys are making I, good, smart football moves, and I think uh, having quality backup quarterback is just well, a, a perfect a example for Cowboys-wise is, is Saints, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, to, Drew Brees goes out, Teddy Bridgewater goes 5-0. and You know, if Dak somehow has to miss five games, exactly. you just want a quarterback that can go 3-2. and two. You know, 5-0 is crazy. Saints are an unbelievably talented team. I don't know if we stack up with them quite yet, but you can win three out of five games with Andy Dalton. That you could do that. You could go one and four, you know, or you could go four and one because the team is is pretty good. But you throw Cooper Rush out there, you're hoping to go one and four. You're hoping you get one of them, that the defense stands on its head a game and gets you one. Well, now you have a guy that can go out there and win starts. Exactly. Uh, you know, and last year, who, who knows if we would have won that game against Philly when Dak was with the messed up shoulder and a broken hand. If, you know, if we had an Andy Dalton or, you know, a quality backup quarterback, maybe we would have won that game and maybe we would have made the playoffs. You know, that's neither here nor there, but those are just the kind of scenarios where if you do have a backup quality quarterback that you, you put yourself in a position to succeed if, if for any reason your quarterback does, exactly. your starting quarterback does Bingo. go down. Well, Mike, it's uh, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. I think that's about going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Again, Piglet, where can guys, we find follow. you on Twitter? Do it. Go on there. Do it. Guys, seriously, if you're do yourself a favor and follow Mike, even if you're a Cowboys fan or not. He's got a lot of NFL knowledge, a lot of draft knowledge. Eagle he loves to talk Come football, loves to talk sports. We'll I'll guy. laugh at your quarterback not making it through any playoffs, and you could say Dak sucks, and we'll battle. Bring it. Yes, Mike does not does not run from any battles. Uh, again, I am Paul Ryan. Uh, you can find me at Paul underscore Ryan fifteen. This has been episode two of Across the Cowboys.